1: It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network.
2: The following audio drama is rated G for general audience.
0: And now... A faux fiction audio production. Published by Not A Pipe Publishing. Super Guy by Kurt Clopton. Super Guy. The generic alternative. Less superhero hype, same superhero quality.
2: Chapter 9. Super Guy? Right. Super Guy. One word. Yep but with a capital G on Guy.
3: That's kind of plain, don't you think? The bit about the capital G aside.
2: Generic is probably the more accurate term, but I think I figured out why, said Roger. They were in Oliver's apartment
1: sharing a pizza as they sifted through all the material they had on the superhero position. Roger had shown up with the pizza and a six-pack shortly after he got off work, but Oliver hadn't exactly been sitting around home all day, waiting for him to arrive. In fact, he had only beaten Roger there by ten minutes because his trip to see Emma in Human Resources had proved to be much more involved than expected. Then, as he finally finished with the sexual harassment video and was returning to his cubicle to get his stuff for home, he ran into Joan outside her office. Subsequently, he spent the better part of the next two hours helping her with her computer, then moving a large potted plant around the room a few times, and finally hanging a picture. Actually, Joan hung the picture. Oliver simply steadied the short ladder, which was the better job considering who had the great legs. All the while, Joan was very friendly, although never out of line as Oliver knew from his very recent viewing of the sexual harassment video. He finally made it out of her office, but not before promising to come back and help her with some other vague issues she had. Oliver, while very intrigued by the vagueness of Joan's issues, was desperate to get home and find out what the hell was happening to him. The only other delay came when Oliver was starting his car in the parking garage, and he heard an unfamiliar beep. After five minutes of checking his dashboard warning lights, unbuckling and buckling his seatbelt, and opening and shutting every door at least twice, he figured out it was the new communication device. He answered and found Emma once again not very happy with his slow response. Despite Oliver's protests that it was brand new and he didn't realize what it was at first, she still called it a disturbing pattern, but eventually
3: he made it home. Well, don't keep Super Guy in suspense. Why the generic name?
2: Back when this hero thing first came up, a lot of people on the other side said it was just a political move by the mayor to get elected. Seeing as we've never gotten our hero, I'd say that's right. He created the position as a part of the budget, sure. But that was just keeping a campaign promise. Since the position wasn't filled, they've been able to use the extra money to fund other things in the budget when it was needed. Essentially a slush fund. Which is pretty standard practice.
3: So they get me instead of a slush fund.
2: Said Oliver, mostly to himself. Anyway, the application looks as if they didn't give the hero much thought. Probably because they never actually intended to fill the position. The funding is pretty much at the minimum for abilities. With nothing special at all. No real superpowers, I mean. So no flying, no teleporting, no cool mechanized suit or energy beams. No fire or ice control. Really nothing fun. And the name and the costume were not specified in the application either. Those things don't have to be specified if you don't want them to be, but most of the time they are. For example, a lot of cities and states will specify the name and costume because the hero is representing them, so they'll match the state bird or rock or something, like Longhorn from Texas, for example. But if those particular things are not specified, the DSF will look at the application and, taking into consideration any powers requested, they will assign an appropriate name and costume. They're really pretty good at that, usually coming up with good names and cool costumes. However, you seem to be the exception. Maybe someone was making a joke, or maybe because they didn't have anything to work with due to no superpowers or special abilities, they went with a generic theme. Actually, considering it is all the bare minimum funding, maybe it is an appropriate name and costume. Roger shrugged, taking a bite of the
3: pizza. So that explains this said Oliver,
1: pointing at one of his costumes laying on top of the cardboard box he had gotten from Emma. It was a simple suit of all white with black accessories. A mask, gloves, and boots. All of the items were made of a strong but unfamiliar material, not too shiny, and the suit had a large black barcode across the chest. The addition of a mask was a bit of a throwback since Most hero identities were not secret, and they had no reason to live double lives, but the public still thought they were pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I ran across the design and the paperwork earlier. Pretty lame. Got a mask at least.
3: You know, for a while, I thought maybe this might be how all the costumes come at first, that I might have to have it scanned or something to officially activate it to make it somehow transform into the real costume. But...
1: Oliver picked up the costume and stared at the barcode.
2: This seems to be it. Afraid so. At least it's not really flashy or obnoxious or any pastel color. Maybe you'll always get the drop on the bad guys. Because they're laughing. Could be an advantage.
3: And the barcode lines are vertical. That's slimming.
1: Said Oliver, tossing the suit back on the cardboard box. There were a total of five suits in the box in case one or more were damaged along with five pairs each of the boots and gloves.
3: Okay, so forget this stuff for now. What about the powers? You said no superpowers? No, nothing
1: special. Answered Roger, taking another bite of pizza and sitting back with a copy of the position description. He chewed for a moment and took a drink of beer.
2: Okay, with heroes, there's a standard level of power everyone gets. Then you can be funded above and beyond that for specific special abilities or superpowers or equipment. Part of the problem is even getting the standard level is not cheap, so going beyond to any great degree is tough for smaller positions, like for just a city, as in your case, or some smaller state or region. But the heroes from big cities, like New York or LA, they have plenty of money behind them, as do the federal level heroes, so they can all fly or emit energy bursts or shoot lightning or fire, or combinations of those. Those are usually referred to as the superpowers, whereas the standard abilities are just called superpowers. So I'm just a superhero. Yeah, I suppose so, technically. But that's nothing to laugh at. First of all, you're invulnerable. Or at least nearly. At least near- Why do I not like that last bit? Well, you're made to take a ton of punishment, but there are always limits. Like if you ran up against a supervillain who had an incredible amount of super strength, then maybe he'd do enough damage to take you out, but that's only a slim chance. The invulnerability is really pretty good, I think. It's technically not invulnerability if it can be labeled as just pretty good. Okay, let's say near invulnerability. Anyway, that's a standard power because no one wants the hero they just funded to get killed off right away in some fluke accident. You know, like getting hit by a bus while crossing the street on their first day of work especially since there's a high chance that bus was thrown by a supervillain. Kind of makes it a bad investment. That near-invulnerability pertains to the brainiac heroes and villains too, even though they look like skinny geeks with big heads. They don't have all the muscles and can't dish out physical punishment in the same way, but if you do drop a bus on them, they'll survive. Kind of cockroach-like.
1: Roger tapped on his beer bottle as he read it down through a page.
2: Okay, let me see. Hmm. What other standard stuff? All the basics, really. You'll be much stronger than the average person, much quicker, you can run way faster, jump higher and farther. You get the idea. Now, so far, you've seen a slight increase in these abilities. But they tend to increase exponentially as the serum kicks in. So in a couple of days, you'll be more than able to dunk a basketball. In fact, the process should be complete by this weekend. Probably Sunday. Which is why the mayor's office is set to unveil you to the public on Monday. That was the lead story on the early news, by the way.
3: Yeah, I already have an itinerary for the event. Got it from Emma along with all the other stuff. Now, she's someone in this town who's decidedly not happy about having a superhero. There was a bit of hostility. Kind of cute, but not very happy at all.
2: Really? Why not?
3: Let's just call it the Oliver Olsen factor. My involvement makes anyone's life better, right? Yeah, let's not get into that right now. I'll tell you all about it later. Let's stick with the powers and stuff.
2: Gotcha. Well, so there's the basic increase in everything across the board. That includes hearing and sight. So if you did wear glasses, you don't. But if you did, your eyes would get better and actually keep improving until they were much better than normal. As will your hearing and even your sense of smell to some degree. That overall increase also accounts for your brand new full head of hair and the nice square jaw. And probably a boost to your charisma. However, they manage that. Since you're a hero, you have to be attractive and well-liked by the public. You already know about your high energy level and not having to sleep or eat. Although you can if you want. Oh, you will essentially have a compulsion to do good, too. Are we talking clinically diagnosable compulsion? Yeah, but it's a good thing. It's kind of a built-in safety so someone can't take advantage of the hero system. Like if some corrupt politician created a hero to use for his own personal gain, while the hero does have a loyalty to a city or region, or mayor in your case, he's not going to blindly follow orders if they're evil. Of course, a hero can be given the wrong information, and then what he thinks is right obviously isn't, so it can get complicated. This works on a smaller level, too. Like, you won't cheat on your taxes, or pretend not to notice when some clerk gives you too much change. But I think you can still tell me some white lies, if it's best for the overall good.
3: So if there's this compulsion for good... Where do supervillains come from?
1: Asked Oliver while reaching for another piece of pizza. He knew he didn't need to eat now, or ever, apparently, but it still tasted good.
2: It varies. One is the super serum itself. A certain percentage of serums produced are flawed, but aren't always easy to detect. And the hero who injects it essentially gets all the powers, but with the addition of a really messed up head. Usually wanting to do bad or take over the world, instead of the standard good stuff. How high of a percentage? And when do you know? Oh, don't worry. It happens almost right away in those cases. The person just goes nuts. The percentage isn't that high anymore, and it drops every year because they keep refining the super serum formula and its production. But the bulk of the supervillains you've heard of are from those early years of the program, when detection wasn't as good. Still, those are accidents. They don't account for the ones who take a bad serum on purpose. On purpose? Yep, nutty folks. Even with all the modern improvements in the serum creation process, flawed serums are still occasionally produced and they can end up being sold on the black market for the express purpose of making bad guys. It's extremely rare for a bad serum to make it all the way through the creation process without being discovered. Those that are detected are supposed to be destroyed. However, it seems certain people will pay a lot for a bad serum and therefore some of these mistakes survive to be sold to the highest bidder. Maybe to a rogue nation, or an oil company, or a major corporation, for example. So they can create a supervillain to do their dirty work. So those bad serum guys are the most common villains. But there's also a small percentage who are actually former heroes. Usually their funding was cut, or they were booted out for some reason. Normally, the hero has that compulsion to do good, but if they get screwed, which isn't uncommon in politics, that compulsion can be overcome. Some people believe it's tied to the loyalty the hero has for the city or state, And when that city or state screws them, something vital breaks and all bets are off. They can become bitter or disillusioned and eventually even turn into a villain if they don't find another sponsor. Although they're usually not very evil, mostly they just steal money and get revenge. One example of that is the stone hand. He retired as a hero about six years ago. But then Florida had a huge budget problem a couple of years later and cut out his pension and retirement benefits as part of the solution. So he came out of retirement as a villain. Focusing on Florida, of course. Doing pretty well, too, so I hear. Well, good for him. Although,
3: I say that, but I also feel as if I should do something about it right now.
2: That's just the doing good thing kicking in. You're literally made to fight supervillains, so that's what you should be feeling. But don't worry about him. He's in Florida. You only have to think about this city. Not to mention he has a lot more than just the basic powers. Probably not the first bad guy you want to tackle when you're still reading the manual of how to be a superhero. He took a minute to look through a couple more
1: pages so Oliver cleaned up some of the mess, disposing of the pizza box and putting the empty
2: bottles in recycling. Here's something. There does seem to be one thing. Are you sure they didn't give you anything else at HR? Anything else in that box? What?
3: You think I'd miss a trident? Asked Oliver, digging through the box of
1: costumes again. It also contained the certificate of his hero status and some various manuals.
2: Wait, here's something. It's only referred to as transportation. It says to see Appendix F attached. Hey, maybe it's a jet or helicopter. Guess they can't toss those in a cardboard box for you to take home. A
3: jet or a helicopter? Now that would be cool. Only, I don't know how to fly either
2: of those things. Is there a superhero version of a kite? Don't worry. Flying whatever it is, would have just been part of the serum. You'd just be able to do it. Very cool. That I could like.
1: Still fishing around in the box, Oliver felt an envelope at the bottom and pulled it out. On the outside of the envelope was a number corresponding to a parking space in one of the city government parking lots downtown, and inside was a set of keys.
3: Hey, it looks like it's a car. Maybe it's really overpowered, like a James Bond car with missiles and ejection seats. Or it can fly or go underwater, we are in like Michigan after all. Or it's bulletproof, or a rocket car, or really smart like the Knight Rider car.
2: Or it's a Taurus. What? Taurus, four Taurus. That's what it is, just a regular city government vehicle. Not bulletproof? Nope. Not even a little bit? You mean like bullet resistant? Nope.
3: Well that's crap. Still better than the Omni though. Yeah,
0: and they'll pay for gas. You have been listening to Super Guy by Kurt Clopton, a faux fiction audio production, published by Not a Pipe Publishing. Look for the sequel to Super Guy coming this September. This recording, characters, and the situations within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. If you wish to listen to more episodes in advance, search patreon.com then faux Fiction Audio and sign up to be a monthly patron or stay tuned until the next week for your free episode. We will see you then.
3: You can listen to classical and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple
0: Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeart Radio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre. And the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss
3: a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.